0: He's Chris. He drinks. He drinks. And he's Chris. Chris Walker drinks the news. Hello there. Greetings. Good evening. Good morning if you're listening to this episode later or earlier, as it were. (laughs) This is Chris Walker. This is Chris Walker Drinks the News, the second episode. Uh, Today is January 12th, 2019. Uh, If you're listening to this episode, uh, be aware that uh, everyone in Wisconsin, which is where I'm at, um, I'm based out of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, everyone here is uh, transferring a cold or flu like symptoms to everyone else in this state. So right now I'm battling a little bit of a cold. So if you hear me sniffle a little bit that's what's going on. You might also hear that my my voice sounds a little bit different than usual. All right. So yes, if if you're new to the program, this is Chris Walker Drinks the News, the podcast. Um, What I do is I basically drink and I I enjoy a drink and talk about the news and uh, discuss my opinions on those things. Uh, Usually I focus on more political topics. Um, Usually focusing on national. Sometimes I'll look at statewide or local things as well, but um, this being the second episode, we're still figuring things out and seeing where things go. Today, uh, like I said, is January 12th, 2019. I am drinking tonight uh, Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, small batch, 100 proof, which means it's 50% alcohol per volume by volume <clears throat> pardon me uh, I will give you uh, an idea of how it tastes to me I I've been drinking it a little bit this evening but I'll, I'll take a sip right now to give you a more of a definitive at this moment opinion on the drink <sighs> yeah I, I like it I do um, and it's not just because it's giving me a buzz on just the first <laughs> glass that I've had. Um, it's definitely a drink that you uh, want to do on the rocks. Uh, I, I let the ice melt it for uh, about five minutes before having a, a sip from it. Um, that's just my style. That's the way I like to do things. Um, it's a... It's a drink that you can definitely feel it going down the back of your throat, especially when you have a cold going on, (laughs) but that warms you up and makes you feel good, and I, on the tongue itself, I I, I do think it has a really good, robust taste, I I like it a lot. Um, Anyway, I guess we should get right to the news, and uh, before I do, like I said, I like this liquor, I'm going to have another sip. All right. So the news items I want to talk about tonight, they all kind of intertwine with each other. And they, they, they demonstrate, well, they have to do with our president, Donald Trump. And what these issues all have in common with each other is that they demonstrate that Trump is and always has been a bad fit for the presidency. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's pretty obvious what I mean by that, but let me get deeper into it. (laughs) Trump should have never been president. He should have never ran for president. It doesn't seem like it's a job he likes, and it doesn't seem like it's a job he does well. Um, America can do a lot better than they can with Trump, and I just feel as though we are It's foolish to think that we can last another two years with him in office. The best outcome we can hope for with him in office for another two years is that he doesn't mess things up any more than he already has. So yeah, I do want to talk about three separate points that I want to make about President Trump that... um, you know, that were either revealed in news articles over the weekend or that have been part of the national debate over the past week or so. So the first thing I want to discuss. uh, The New York Times article that, that came out on Friday evening. So, Within this article, it it was a very interesting read. If you're able to do so, I would say go ahead and read that article because it's definitely, there's more that can go into it than what I'm going to be discussing here tonight, but I just want to give you my thoughts on it. Um, So the New York Times reported on Friday that apparently after President Trump fired James Comey, the former FBI director, who was running the Russia investigation up to his departure, um he was fired in may 2017 uh now the official line from the white house for a, 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 right after he was fired what, was that he was let go because of how he handled or, or rather mishandled investigations into hillary clinton and um other aspects of his job but as as time went on uh people were very skeptical about that because It was very clear that Trump was having some misgivings about having Comey run the FBI, especially running the Russia investigation. Now, the Russia investigation began as a look into how that nation was uh, using uh, manipulative mechanisms to interfere with our uh, election in 2016, and they did that in order to help Trump win the presidency. Now, that's always been something that Trump has tried to deny. He's called that story a hoax many times over. He's called news agencies that report on that story uh, fake news, and it's not fake news. It's it's real. It, the The Russian Russians were interfering with our elections through manipulating people's opinions on social media and other ways and it's it's not something that we can ni- deny any longer it's 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 not something we could have denied 2 years ago we, we the FBI knew it then they know it now uh, we know it now we've known it for quite some time the public and but the progression of where the Russia investigation was heading in the spring of 2017, was not to Trump's liking, apparently. And when he fired Comey, a lot of people believed it had to do with Russia. Trump seemingly confirmed that in an interview with NBC News' Lester Holt. He, He made the strange comments that, quote, this Russia thing, end quote, was on his mind when he decided to fire Comey. That is hard to interpret as anything other than him saying that Russia was the reason why he fired Comey. Now the question there becomes, is that an issue of obstruction of justice? Was Trump trying to influence the Russia investigation by firing Comey and um, hoping that doing so would end the Russia investigation or at least curtail it, and in, in, in how the FBI would look at it. But then the New York Times came out with this report on Friday evening, and what they f- what they reported on was apparently the FBI thought that there was enough evidence to begin an investigation on Trump himself at that time. Now, the Russia investigation was ongoing at this point. It was it was already happening, and um, the FBI was looking into whether or not members of Trump's administration was uh, were um, working along with the Russian government to try to influence the election in 2016. But they weren't really looking at Trump at that time until it seems until Comey was fired. And especially after those comments that Trump made about this Russia thing being on his mind when he fired him. So the FBI opened an investigation looking into why exactly did Trump fire Comey and whether or not he was working as an agent of the Russian government in doing so. That is a huge deal. Uh, That is a a monumental uh, uh, revelation. And what it shows is that the FBI thought there was enough enough there to say, hey, look, the President of the United States is acting in this really weird and bizarre way and he just admitted on national television that he fired the director of the FBI because of the Russia investigation. That deserves to be looked at more. That's what the FBI was saying. So it was, a, 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 that, 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 that's a pretty big deal if you ask me. And it, it starts to become, uh, we start to see that the idea of obstruction of justice and collusion with the Russian government may not be two separate things they may be coinciding with each other so how would that how how does that work well let's explain did trump try to obstruct justice because he was colluding with russia that's what the fbi was trying to figure out they were trying to find out if His decision to fire Comey in an effort to obstruct the investigation that he was leading was because he was working with the Russian government. At that point, charges of obstruction of justice and charges of collusion with Russia tie in with one another. They're no longer separate entities, and, and this... This isn't a concept that's new, necessarily. Uh, A lot of pundits have argued that this has been the way it's always been. But this revelation by the New York Times on Friday seems to confirm that point. Getting a little thirsty here. so Mm. Ah. Delicious. (laughs) All right. So, on Saturday evening, Donald Trump... Uh, interview air on Fox News aired with Donald Trump's response to this um, New York Times article. So on Saturday evening, that interview aired, and Trump said in that interview, quote, I think it's the most—oh, let me rewind here. He was asked what he thought about the charges or being leveled against him by the New York Times article about whether it was true if there was uh, if he had been working with the russian government or was an agent of russia etc and so he said in response to that question specifically quote i think it's the most insulting thing that's ever been asked he then goes on in a long-winded rant about why it's insulting and he blasts the new york times for the report itself but one thing he never does within that question, according to the Fox News interview. One thing he doesn't do is answer the question. He never says no. That is not necessarily a sign of his guilt. But it is curious. It, It does make you wonder why? Why wouldn't he just answer the question with a simple no? Why wouldn't he say no at the start of his answer and it's it's half of it is in my mind just the way that Trump reacts he He likes to go into these long-winded diatribes about why he's right all the time or why he his opinion is the correct opinion or or, or so on. The other thing I think about though is that Trump always leaves wiggle room. Whenever he speaks, he never answers definitively. And and, and he always finds a way to change his answer. And this may be one of the ways in which he's doing that. He doesn't answer no. And that leaves open the possibility that if he gets caught in the lie, he can change his answer to fit the fact that he didn't say no. Okay, with that in mind, it's it. my glass of Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is getting a little less full, so it's time to add some more to it. Oh, that is a little bit too much, <laughs> but I think that I won't mind one bit. Okay, so point number two about Trump tonight that I want to make is another report that came about this evening. And it came out around the same time that that interview was uh, put on the air on Fox News. And this report came from the Washington Post. And this makes the whole Trump-Russia thing even more curiouser. According to the Washington Post, Donald Trump went to great efforts in order to make sure that none of his interactions with Putin over the past two years of him being president would ever be recorded, documented in any way. According to sources who spoke to the Post, and these sources include former and current officials in the U.S. government, Trump went to some pretty great extremes in order to ensure that these meetings were never documented. In one instance, they reported that he physically took away um, his interpreter's notes, the interpreter who uh, helps him understand uh, the Russian language that uh, Putin was speaking in. Trump took away that interpreter's notes after the meeting he had with Putin uh, in Hamburg, Germany. That is a little bizarre, to say the least. It gets more bizarre, however, because during his Helsinki meeting, the much-publicized meeting where he was uh, getting together with Putin to discuss things with him, um, Trump did not allow any captain official or White House aide, short of the interpreter, into the meeting. It was, that's not something that's normal. Usually presidents in those types of meetings, and especially in meetings with countries we consider to be adversaries like Russia, and to be clear, we do think Russia is an adversary. They interfered in our elections. Their interests are not the same as ours uh, globally. So in meetings where we're meeting with foreign adversaries in a peaceful way, usually those meetings have other officials within them. So, and, and they're well documented, too. That what happens in those meetings are written down, recorded, what have you so that we can understand or at least the officials in the white house can understand what went down they can go back to those notes they can understand um what the goals of each country are within that meeting or if if that adversarial power suddenly changes course we can refer to those notes and say no 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 you said this this is what you said in this meeting and that's what we're going with the fact that that's not documented and the fact that it's not something that that other officials in the White House were a part of that seemingly only Trump and his interpreter were in that room on behalf of the American people that's Unprecedented. It it, it's it's um the former deputy secretary of state under Bill Clinton, I can't remember that individual's name, but they did tell the Post that it's not only unusual by historical standards, it's also outrageous. Because it does put our nation at a disadvantage. The and it gives it gives Putin and Russia more leverage and the ability to manipulate Trump in future in the future. It's it's just something that is not done. It's it's not normal. It's not something that a president would ordinarily engage in. And that, coupled with the New York Times article from the day prior, gives us real reason to consider Trump as being someone who deserves greater scrutiny when it comes to the Russia investigation. And hopefully, Special Counsel Robert Mueller is looking into these things, or has already looked into them, and can either, A, assure us that that's not the case, that we have nothing to worry about, or B, is looking into whether there's criminal aspects about what the president is doing. So like I said, as a result of Trump's efforts to block any recordings of these meetings, there are at least five instances where he has interacted with Putin, where there's no documented files classified or otherwise of these interactions. Let that sink in for a few minutes. That's that's just mind-boggling. Finally, I want to get to a third point in tonight's broadcast. It's not necessarily related to the Russia investigation, but it is serious nonetheless. Um, And this point deals with the attempts by Trump to normalize the idea of him declaring a national emergency when it comes to our southern border. Trump is trying to use the idea of or he, he may use the idea of there being an emergency with regards to immigration, uh, the number of immigrants attempting to come into our country, and the lack of a border wall uh, in some parts of our southern border as a reason to push forward the idea that there is a national emergency that he can declare that is in itself something that we need to take a deeper look at because if trump makes that declaration what it what it means is that it means that many of the democratic institutions in our country are completely thrown out the window First, some background. Um, what Trump is hoping to do is is declare this national emergency. Uh, oh, I, I should be more fair to Trump on this. He's not yet saying that he's going to do this, and he has backtracked on it a little bit. But what he's saying is that he has the right still to declare this national emergency if Congress does not agree to give him funds for a border wall that um, will not work. Uh, immigration will still come into this country even with a border wall. Most Im- uh, immigrants who come to this country are um, uh, are uh, undocumented immigrants who come here, are individuals who simply overstayed their visas. Uh, and um, of the individuals who come to this country through our border in a way that is illegal, Most of them don't do so by crossing an area that doesn't have a border wall. They usually do it through checkpoints and are smuggled in by um, uh, so-called coyotes. Nevertheless, Trump is hoping to build a border wall, extend a border wall across much of the southern border. And he's willing to declare this national emergency, he says, if Congress does not agree to fund the border wall. And that's the crux of what the government shutdown that's currently happening uh, now in its 22nd, soon-to-be 23rd day um, is all about. Now, with this national emergency, what Trump can do is he can divert funds uh, already appropriated to the Army Corps of Engineers toward the border wall project. Now, those funds are reportedly meant to help areas that have been stricken by disasters over the past couple of years. So billions of dollars would be taken away from areas in the United States that are still recovering from these natural disasters. More than $4 billion would be taken from Texas, which is reeling from Hurricane Harvey, and nearly $3 billion would be taken from Puerto Rico, which is still trying to recover from the effects of Hurricane Maria, which happened in 2017. Essentially, what Trump is trying to do is declare his national emergency emergency, in order to take money away from these areas that still need help and to fund building a wall that placates his ego. (laughs) Now, beyond the necessity or non-necessity of the wall itself, this is an action that we simply do not see in the United States. We see it in other countries, in in dictatorships and other authoritarian regimes, but in the United States, this just doesn't happen. Presidents don't declare national emergencies just because Congress won't work with them. And doing so is an egregious overstep by this current president it disregards the process that our nation was founded upon and continues to follow if trump wants his border wall what he needs to do is convince congress of the need to do it if he cannot do so then he's failed And that's something he needs to be okay with. Presidents fail. It happens. It's not uncommon. Every president fails to deliver on a campaign pledge once in a while. And on this one, President Donald Trump needs to realize that he has failed. When presidents don't get Congress's Congress's approval to, to pass a policy that they want, they might try to win in other ways they might try to win further down the road or they move on completely what they do not do is circumvent the process altogether in a in a way that abuses the powers that they have been granted and to be sure the president is granted national emergency declaration powers It's just usually for situations that do not involve domestic policy or when they're unable to get an issue passed. So Trump's behavior here is very, very worrisome. It's something we would expect, like I said, in an authoritarian regime. Not something that we would expect a president of the United States to do. But then again, Trump is changing all the rules. And in my opinion, it's all for the worse. Okay. So I talked to you tonight about three separate issues. What does it all mean? Well, on these three fronts alone, it's clear that Trump has performed his duties as president, at the very least, in a very suspicious manner. And at the worst, he's performed them in a manner that goes against the interests of our country. And in some of these ways, he's done so in favor of a foreign adversary. Now, when Trump is challenged on any issue, he lashes out by attempting to attack our nation's institutional norms. Whether that be the norm of passing a bill through Congress before he can get his policy passed or the institutional norm of the press, for instance, his his constant attacks on the free press, calling them fake news when he doesn't like What they're reporting on. This cannot be tolerable by the American people. And lawmakers in Congress from both parties need to start to step up and state out loud on the record that they do not accept. These behavioral traits of the president. This is not something that a commander-in-chief should be. This is not the way that a commander-in-chief should be behaving. We simply cannot tolerate this any longer. And so I'm, I'm closing this episode with this. leaders in Congress and other political pundits and other political leaders in America need to start saying unequivocally that Donald Trump should no longer be president. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't run for office again in 2020. That means he should not be president any longer. Each day that we tolerate him in that high office is a day too long. Demands for his ouster, including pressure from within his own political party to resign the presidency, should have begun months ago. Now obviously that pressure did not begin then. But this is a situation where it's better late than never. Democrats, Republicans, independents across this country must demand that Trump resign. His time in office has proven over and over again that he is, at the very least, an embarrassment and at the very worst, a detriment to the continued prosperity of our nation. Well, with that in mind, I want to thank you all for listening to my second podcast of Chris Walker Drinks the News. I'll take another sip of this bourbon. Um, if you want to read more about what I write, because I am a freelance writer, um, I do write news and opinion articles about uh, the happenings of the political world. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my screen name is at ThatChrisWalker. And yeah, I always appreciate the follow. And so... Uh, I leave you on this note. I am optimistic for the future of our country because I think each day that uh, Trump is president, even though he's in there for longer than he should have served at this point, (laughs) uh, each day that he's in there, more and more Americans are starting to realize that this cannot go on. And that we need to have a better president in office. So whether he's out tomorrow or whether he's out two years from now when his when he hopefully loses his reelection, I think Americans will push for the right thing to happen. Um, on that note, I am going to say goodnight and thank you again for listening. Follow me on Twitter again, I'm at that Chris Walker. Good night.